Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to The Midpoint. And it is a Midpoint special today. Kenny's here. Hi, Kenny. Hi, Gabby. It's been a while. It has, but you're not back on just to have a chit-chat about marriage, life, family, kids, all that kind of stuff. We've got a very specific agenda today because as a lot of the Midpoint listeners will already know and followers of your social media and my social media will know, uh, you embarked on a very big challenge uh, just a couple of weeks ago. And we're going to talk a little bit about that and how it pertains to midlife specifically because I couldn't help notice that of the 30 or so (laughs) people who did the challenge, about 90% of them were what I'd call midlife men. I don't know MD younger than 40 now. <laughs> That's not true. And in fact, the ones I do know are about 18, Ruben's <laughs> mates. You've got very specific friendship groups. But let's just take it step back because yeah. it was, of course, in aid of My Name's Doddy and your great friend Doddy Weir, who died in November 2022. And you decided earlier this year that you really wanted to do something, a big physical challenge of some kind that would honour his memory, raise money, and you wanted to build it around the Rugby World Cup. Yeah. I wanted to do something in memory of Doddy, and what did, obviously it's an underfunded disease, so fundraising is really important. And I think in my head, I first sort of came up with an idea of shall I walk from Johnny Groats to Land's End? Then I thought that would take ages and that would be bit boring, people just get bored of me talking about it every day. And, and then I thought, shall I cycle it? And I thought, loads of people have done that. And then I, I realised that in right in front of me was the Rugby World Cup with, you know, Doddy and I played, in, he played in three World Cups, so did I, but we played two together. And it was always good fun. And I wanted to try and replicate that fun that we had and bring people together that could have fun and remember why we were doing the cause. And, you know, I think the whole trip, we'll talk about it in a minute, but it felt like there was a number L over the top of us everywhere we went. Because everywhere we went was special, those moments in the whole week were just really special. So it, it was a it was a great challenge. Um, I was a bit nervous at the start. So explain, thinking, you haven't explained yet the challenge. Sorry, I've gone off on the ramble. <laughs> You've gone off on a tangent. You, on a tangent. I know, sorry. <laughs> so you'd, you'd thought about cycling from Land's End to John O'Groats and walking, and then you came up with the, the challenge. So explain what the challenge was going to be. So the challenge is going to be you walk, cycle from Murrayfield Stadium all the way to Paris for the Rugby World Cup. And World Rugby had given us the rights to carry the match ball. So we got to take so the match ball for, from, for the Scotland-Ireland game. So we had delivered at Murrayfield, took it from Murrayfield, and then we delivered Which is in it, Edinburgh, for anybody Edinburgh, who doesn't. Just in case anyone doesn't know. And we delivered it with uh, Hamish Weir, which is Doddy's oldest son, and we took it on the pitch for the Scotland-Ireland game and delivered the ball to the, two, the referee and the two-touch judge, shake their hands and... That was it. So when you say walk, cycle, yeah, explain. So we had two groups. Um, one would walk one day and one would cycle. And then the following day, they'd swap over. So we did walk, cycle, walk, cycle. So it was, we averaged about 100 miles a day. And um, the combined scores hit 700 miles total. And we got two 
Paris just in time for the kickoff. And so the longest ride would be around 105, 110 yeah. miles and the walks Easy. were kind of 10 to 16 miles. Depending no, it was more on 13 to 16. Right. Okay. So um, you felt that was going to be a, a bit more attractive to people than just cycling all the way? Yeah, I think cycle. Once you, uh, I realised now, um, when we did when they did the recce for the the trek, a challenge they say, they kept saying the cycling will be you you you'll get fit as the week goes on, but the walking's really hard. The walking will get harder because your knees get sore, and your feet get hot, and your feet get really sore. And I but then when I got to day three or four, I was like, oh my god, I hate walking now. <laughs> I want to get back in the bike. And you're going tomorrow's a hundred miles. I don't care. I just want to walk. I want to cycle. So. From a point of view of the walking, it became quite hard to walk in. So, Bizarrely, because you think it's quite easy. Let's go back to Edinburgh then. So it's day one in Edinburgh. Yeah. So I remember when I came up with the challenge, I thought, I ran it past a couple of people. So I ran it past Jason Fox. He goes, yeah, that should be fine. Jason Fox being SAS. SAS. Who and then I realised he'd say that to anything. So I then ran it past a couple of people I thought might do it. And they were like, that's quite challenging. Are you sure you want to walk, Kenny? I said, yeah, that's challenging. And then the more and more I got into the challenge and more and more of the people that did the recce on the challenge started going, you know, the walking's going to be the hardest bit. And I've done walking. I know it's quite sore walking. Again, knees get sore and your feet get hot and blisters, but I thought it'd be fine. And as the, as the, as we sort of uh, got nearer the, the whole challenge and or Ali McCoy came along with me, Jimmy Bamberg, who's an actor, along with Jimmy Nesbitt as an actor, and Tom Johnson played rugby for England a couple of times, and Ian Ward, who's king of chemo. So we had quite a lot of different people from different sectors. And Ali used to phone me up. And Ali, if everybody, I don't, not many people, everybody know who Ali McCoy says, but... Hang on, you're just jumping ahead a little bit Am too I? much. Sorry. Yeah, you are, because you're kind of going to be... I'm excited, actually. I know, you're almost... I'm living it. <laughs> you are. So so you had this idea, and then you put it out to lots of people who've been supporters of yeah. Daddy and said... And they also, this is a great idea, and some of it's a great idea, and they want to try to pin them down. They started to panic a little bit. Because the idea was that you'd cycle and walk, basically. Yeah. Nobody would cycle all the way, nobody would walk all the way. Yeah. So your group, say day one, would cycle, cycle. to so Newcastle. we did 110 miles the first day. And somebody would walk. So what happens is the miles, if you add all the miles together, the walking and the cycling miles, it all added up to the journey, yeah. basically, from, yeah. From, yeah. from Edinburgh to Paris. Right, so that was the challenge. That was easy, thanks very much. I know. But we just... You should stick to television. <laughs> yeah, so we had a whole lot of amazing sponsors involved. And... I, as I was going around, people were sort of signing them up. They were sort of like going, oh, this is a good idea at the time, Kenny. And then they all sort of said yes, and it was because it was about nine months ago, maybe I asked <laughs> a year ago. And as one of these things, as you get closer and closer and closer, you start to panic. So I was getting phone calls from quite a lot of people going quite nervous about doing it. Definitely in the midpoint, the midlife, high end <laughs> of midlife. And I was sort of going, don't worry, it'll be fine. You know, we're really good and don't worry about your times. Because like Koisa kept saying to me, He's only doing 12 miles an hour average and he's worried that some people are rocking with 17. And, and I was like, don't worry. Because you all, by this point, I should we're say, cycling a lot. everybody had uh, WhatsApp groups that they were yeah. on and were posting their Strava training and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Some people were new to biking. Some people had biked before and were getting back into the swing of it. So you've got different fitness levels. You've got different levels of enthusiasm for fitness. Loads of them. Uh, yeah. And not many people actually were brilliant cyclists to start off with. Um, no, I, I think at the end of it, people like Jamie Bamber, who's probably, he's very fit anyway, runs like under three, minute, under three minutes, under three hours for a marathon, so he's very fit. But he's probably surprised himself how good he was on the bike. Um, I was always reasonably good on the bike, um, but hadn't done it for 10 years. 
And I went, when I out on the bike for the first time, I couldn't get up the hill. Well, I could get up the hill at the back of ours. It wasn't even that steep. And I was blowing. I thought, oh my God, how am I going to do this? But as you got into it and trained more and you could feel yourself getting fitter and fitter and fitter and then the legs are getting better and your confidence is getting better. So I think getting back to the Ali McCoy's question, he was very much nervous because he was... Ali McCoy is a, a former Scottish legend. Uh, football legend who is uh, a broadcaster. Should you not know who he is, great friend of ours and an amazing character. Yeah, and he, he, him, him and I were sort of having a lot of dialogue about being at the back of the peloton, and I was telling him about how a peloton works when you get caught up at, in the peloton. What that means when everybody's grouped together, um, you know, it's thirty percent easier for you. He couldn't understand that because he kept going out in Glasgow in the pain rain and the <laughs> and the wind on his he own. Having, he said his first time. He went out, it was, he thought it was doing really well, and he could hear this humming noise behind him. And suddenly, this Dutch women peloton flew right past him because it was the same time as the um, World Championships. Oh, the World right, Athletics. Okay. So he just. But he cycling, lost, hopefully, cycling. not athletics. Yeah, no, sorry, <laughs> cycling. So he lost. He, he just lost he lost everything. He said, I, I can't do this. It's not going to happen. I mean, they're so fast. I mean, we're not cycling with professionals. And we're athletes. not in the World Championships. We're not World Championships. But it was the start of something that I mean, you go right to the end now. We, the whole experience is loved and we love cycling we're talking about should we have a uh, a weekend and all just catch up and do 100 200 miles so. but it was a real watching you guys kind of start your training and i should just say for for transparency i never i was never going to do the whole thing because of work this summer i was away and i said i'd like to join in from about marlow which meant i had three days of the challenge yeah. So I kind of joined in the training later, so I wasn't really in the bants, which actually was good, I think, because it was a very male kind of yeah, bonding quite, experience. And I did say to them the night before you came, I said, this is the end of more my chat. My wife's coming tomorrow, so I'll be back in line. Of course you did. <laughs> uh, well, a friend of mine, uh, Billy, and I did it, uh, and Kirsty Gallagher came in as well, and I did say that the kind of oestrogen, even if it is synthetic oestrogen the oestrogen levels were going to zoom up at that point because it was a very male environment yeah. and and they were all quite protective as well of each other which I thought was well, really they sort of really bonded really quickly because I remember the first day we took off from Murrayfield it was a little bit drizzly and everybody was really nervous and it was going when's the first hill I mean when do you think when we get here when's, when do we stop first it was panicky and um, we came out and we got a puncture within about in 10 minutes we got a puncture so we'd stopped and we'd, the support group said it takes three minutes 10 minutes later the puncture was fixed and we get going again i think we've got another one so it was just we couldn't really get going it's quite frustrating but then once we got going and through out of edinburgh and then we headed to morpeth rugby club which was 100 miles 106 miles away and it felt like a long long way which it was but once we got up and going and we did this hill which was 18 increase which was oh my incline. god incline it was so hard and everybody was blowing and we got to the top of the uh, just and we looked back and we could see Edinburgh and we just looked at each other and <laughs> nothing was said <laughs> and we continued on that's quite dark for day one <laughs> yeah it was quite a hard day one and everybody who'd done day one on the cycling the walkers were sort of going oh we'll do we'll walk this day and they had quite a good walk it's about 16 miles 
Um, and they were looking forward to the next day. And the next day they started with a midget hill climb. Well, anybody who knows Newcastle, I know the hill they climbed. Yeah, so I used away. to work um, at the Metro Centre at Metro. They weren't happy with that. And that hill goes right out to a place called Wickham. It goes up a hill, which yeah. is so steep. And that yeah. was their first... Within four minutes of the ride. Of the ride, they were going up this hill. Yeah. So they all talked about that. When I joined, they were still talking about it. It was like yeah, this well. memory of you know how they, how they got up this hill. But what I observed when I came in was this... Um, really interesting dynamic with all these guys that they had bonded really quickly and what happens on a bike is that you can chat for six or seven hours yeah. so you move around the group the peloton mm. you chat to people and you chat about things that perhaps you wouldn't chat about if you were sat face to face in a pub and, and i think also because you don't know them you're sort of a, a bit more open it's a bit like a therapy session because you're really quite open to them um i noticed that and there was obviously the two groups and there was um different dynamics between both groups but you could see that one group was maybe a bit more competitive than the other group. The other group had a bit more, a bit more relaxed. But I think the other thing when we when we first met up, we talked about why we were doing it. So it was a it was a bit like um, going on a rugby tour a little bit. It was like why we're doing this. Um, you know, when times get hard, think about the reason you're doing mm -hmm. it and think about the opportunity you've got that Duddy definitely hasn't got, and think about why we're why we're trying to raise money, what this money is going to go to. And everybody got quite focused by it. And we had sort of like, you know, silly little games where, you know, somebody did something stupid with little fines. And at the end of the day, we talked about the fines with a laugh about it. And we, I think you, I don't know if you were there that night. Were you there that night? You know, yeah, mm -hmm. we did a big um, Foxy and Mel Dean. Forgot about Mel Dean, um, rugby player and also um, trainer. trainer to the stars. He's been on this podcast. Yeah. So um, we created this good bond with everybody. And, it was, and everybody was laughing at each other. There's no... Nobody was embarrassed about anything. There was, so. there were, I know this sounds, there were no egos. Everybody. And there could easily have been egos yeah, there. Yeah, everybody kind of put themselves on the line. They were yeah. quite raw in terms of emotion. And, you know, it, you're quite exposed, aren't you? I mean, you literally are as a bloke in Lycra anyway. Yeah, no, Lycra's horrible. I hate Lycra. I mean, it's comfortable to wear, but it's not nice when you. <laughs> wandering around. When you're wandering around on the moon. And there's like nothing happening. Um <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When we stopped, when we went through Scotland, this is this is the bit that I think they started to really get excited. People not excited by it, but honoured the fact that we're doing it. We were stopping off at little cafes. People were coming out because they'd followed us, they following the, the route, and they're coming out cheering us out the house. Just random people, mm -hmm. and then we got to the first place where there's maybe about sixty-seven people from this tiny little village, and we had cup, we had cup, cups of tea and scones, and and it was just really, really heartwarming. 
And then the next place we went to was the same. There were little stop-off places that we were just stopping off for water, protein bars and checking the bikes and moving on. But then we stopped off at little villages. The support we had going down through the country and the amount of people just peeping the horn at you mm -hmm. and shouting, come on, Doddy. Because Daft Trucks had, had liveried up an amazing van, which was um, covered with... a van, Gav, it's a truck. Truck, yeah, with the, oh, I know, you know, all the kind of Doddy Tartan on it. And, um, yeah, and all the sponsors Which on is it. amazing how recognised Doddy Tartan is. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't think you can actually put the tartan up there and people would tell you what, the, what it stands for now. So you've know, done a really good job at that. I think that's something that... And I think also with Doddy not being around... It was quite emotional too. Some of the days we, we finished really tired and then you do an interview with somebody and you just get emotional. And also you're getting near your 50 and you're emotional anyway, uh, wreck. Um, so I, th I think that was quite... Well, I think, I think a lot of the guys, as you say, in that age band are aware of their mortality. Yeah. You know, when you lose friends like you did with Doddy and people have lost other people through yeah. other diseases and illnesses. And a disease like that that comes along and part of the reason you want to work so hard to raise its awareness and, and money for it is because it's been underfunded mm. and it's a, a, a very cruel death sentence because there is no treatment for it. There is no cure. So that's why you have been so passionate to take on his legacy and that um, friendship I, that you yeah, had as well. Was I'm, not, I'm taking it on with everybody else. I think that's, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, I say a group, but there's there's definitely a swell. Oh, of course, I don't mean you people. Your own, but, I know, yeah. but you know, there's a swell of people, um, and these are people who are just giving us five pounds mm. to giving us hundreds of thousands of pounds who want to feel that Doddy, Doddy when Doddy left here, everybody thought, what happened to the foundation? Will it still survive? I think it's stronger than it ever was. I think it's stronger now because there's more people going right. We need to we need to help. We need to. Do a job for Doddy. We need to be part of this legacy and leave a real mark because he sets started something up to help people with MND, and he realised really quickly um, that he wasn't going to find something for him. But deep down in his heart, he probably hoped he would find something. But he used to say, "This is about somebody who's going to get MND and somebody who doesn't know he's going to get MND. This is what we're we're fighting for." And and I think that was something that stayed with me, it'll stay with me till I die because that was he wanted to create something that helped other people. It wasn't about him. So I think every time we do something, it's, it's about that next person or the person with it. And we met 10, 15 people at MND came out to see us. There were some really and, unbelievable and us because moments. Yeah. They said thanks for giving us a voice because mm -hmm. we it's a disease that hasn't got much um, profile. And, I ha and, and you know, we have got a lot of profile with the likes of Doddy and Kevin Sinfield doing the same as I'm doing for Rob Burroughs. For Rob Burroughs. So it has got a, a voice, but, you know, it's only two or three people and only, you know, there's not millions of us talking about cancer or, you know, MEDs. Like compared to Compared you. to cancer yeah. or other diseases. So I think those real, um, you know, real life cases of people with MND and there was, um, well, there were a lot of people actually who came out. I mean, there was some really, I'll tell you a story that you weren't with me when this happened to me, actually, a lady who came out to support us. But there was a young man who was on the ride from the beginning. He'd actually signed up quite late, hadn't he? Yeah, David East. And his mum had been diagnosed with MND. Yeah. Yeah. She came out in Brighton. Yeah, she said, yeah. She could walk, she couldn't speak, and she had all movements, and she was doing sign language, and she just kept crying. And I, we all kept crying with her. And, and Brighton actually was very emotional anyway, because we arrived in Brighton, and we just thought it'd be 
couple of people there. We thought we were going to Brighton College because one of one of Kenny's business partners had a friend who's a teacher there, and yeah. he said that'd be a good place for us to stop on the way to the ferry at New Haven. We thought we'd have dinner there at Brighton College, which is a lovely school in Brighton. And when we turned up, there was like um, twelve hundred kids, twelve hundred kids, <laughs> pipe band singing, a lone piper, lone piper, five hundred miles, and very emotional, and it certainly. Got, it got everybody going on the trip. And I think um, when the headmaster spoke, he had a tartan tie on, a Doddy's tartan, and he just talked about his great friend who was a teacher at the school who died a year ago with M&D. So it was really, really strong message to everyone. I think it was a, I think it was a dry eye in the, the grounds true. because we started speaking about what friendship was about and what why why we're all here. And it just got very emotional. And then we met... David's mum. David's mum, and um, that was, again, very emotional because she was another one of these people who just kept saying thank you, kept saying thank you. And, you know, David was emotional and his, his wife was emotional, so... His sister was there, wasn't she? Yeah, it was, it was, uh, I think for us, you know, that that's why you do it. You do it f to give these people some hope and, and hopefully we can. I mean, we'll get... I think there's more and more stuff coming out all the time where the foundation's um, finding new ways and fighting the corner and that's all we can do is keep raising money so and fighting we'd, for the we corner. were walking from Ditchling to Brighton that day and we'd come up the big hill at Ditchling I'm sure you cycled we'd uh, cycle down yeah. that hill we must have cycled up to get down oh that one yeah, yeah that one yeah, yeah. and easy we, but that yeah thing. we were kind of on the obviously under different terrain and we got to the top and there was like a drink station for us and there was this lady in a green jumper and she came over and she said um um she said um my brother was born in Ditchling and he went to Brighton College and he played rugby. She said, I know you're walking to Brighton College now. And he died of M&D. Sorry. <laughs> I know, and I felt honoured to be doing it. Anyway, when you meet people like that and you, you know, you see what cruel disease it is and it can, you know, rip through families and take people, obviously, uh, prematurely. They're not meant to be going in their 50s. And, yeah, it was just those, those along the way, there were all these moments, I think that we, you know, I, I, as I say, I came late into the whole thing, but there were these moments on the way that I think were just these really stark reminders about what we were doing. You know, we didn't need those, but it, it kind of bonded everybody and galvanised people, I think, and made you, you know, when those hills were a bit tough or the moments were a bit tough, I think it, it was that reminder. Yeah, I've had a flashback from you So when you said something come up and spoke to you. I had, um, right at the start, I had um, a guy called Scott Stewart who I actually coached playing rugby. he got m and he's 40 years old. And he came up and gave me, he met me at the start with uh, Cathy Weir and he gave me... Doddy's wife. Doddy's wife, he gave me three coins, five pence, ten pence pieces, one with my date of birth, my year of birth, one with his and one with Doddy's. So I said, I'll make sure this is always in my pocket and I'll make sure I carry it all the way. And I, 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 I carried it all the way. And every time I looked at it, I just, you know, just it was a little bag, a little see-through bag with these three coins in it. And um, So he's been diagnosed? With he's, he's diagnosed. He's, he's, he's maybe a year into MD, a year and a half into MD. And there's so many moments in the whole week that just reminded you that, this disease is maybe bigger, you know, one in three. Yeah, it's called people, a rare disease, but it doesn't feel it, does it? No, but one in three hundred people will get MND in their lifetime, which is actually quite scary. Mm. Um, you know, a lady came up to me yesterday and said, "My dad's got MND; he's just turned eighteen. He's got cancer, but MND is just taking him faster than anything." 
So at the back of your mind, all this is there. But at the front of your mind is, you know, you... you you know, but but you thing, had to be very positive and very um, to really kind of bring the troops together on a night, didn't you as well? Yeah, I think I think every night people were tired and people were a bit grumpy. Nobody's grumpy. Nobody ever said "f off" or "I'm not <laughs> doing this." Um, but we had to get to certain spots at, at times because the the, the night schedules and you know, getting people's bikes fixed or repaired, and and also um, getting to boats and getting to stadiums. Everyone had to be organised. But we used to talk every night about. The good things, and um, we did feel that there's an umbrella of Doddy carrying an umbrella. The weather was amazing. Everywhere we went, it was special moments. I say Brighton and and, and we, when we got to France, Newcastle Rugby Club was amazing to cycle in France. It was a privilege to cycle in France because, gosh, the roads are amazing there. Yeah. And no Nobody potholes. wants to call me a wanker <laughs> in France. No, <laughs> it's amazing how many people know you here, isn't it? Yeah, in the yeah. UK, when you're on a bike, um, and uh, we were cycling through this beautiful countryside. This was the final day. And we looked up, this is about 7.30 oh, in the morning. Is, this is ridiculous. And there was this hot air balloon. And as we got closer, we realised it was blue and yellow. It looked like Doddy Tartan yeah. and it just sat in the sky. And yeah. we it was really could not believe it. It was um, The sun was rising. There was kind of mist off the land and there was this big hot air balloon. We actually came over that hill. If we looked, we looked to the right of ourselves, it was, you could just see loads of trees and there's... It was just a thick layer of cloud, that mist over the top mm. of the trees. And then we all looked up and there's just beautiful, perfectly mounted um, air balloon and the same colour of Doddy. And we just all went, oh, like that. It was really weird. It was yeah. really a weird moment. Everybody just pedaled a bit quicker, didn't they? Yeah. Everybody just got a bit more excited. We were but, 30 miles outside of Paris at this point, so everybody was very excited. Yeah, anyway. we were all very excited to get into Paris. And when we got to Paris, we were... Were sort of amazing to be uh, greeted with four police outriders to give us a, a full police escort into Paris. All the way down the Champs <laughs> with a lorry, which is not allowed, seemingly, <laughs> um, which was great with daft truck behind us, um, all logoed up with all the sponsors on it, and there's a big billboard in the front of it. Said, that was one of the I mean, Jim, Jimmy Nesbitt turned to me and he said, we're very lucky. We've done some really interesting things in our lives. He said, but this is just incredible. Yeah. And I, you could look back and see all our riders behind. Like, we should put a picture on the podcast. We it? will do. And um, to look back and you see everybody, just the smiles. Like my face was hurting from grinning. Mm. It was such an amazing experience to do that. And to know that, you know, you'd, you'd achieved it. Because by this point, you knew that the fundraising target had been pretty much met. That what you yeah, wanted yeah. to raise was over half a million. Yeah. And you'd done it at that point. Yeah, and I think... But we're still, the whole point of today... Yeah, we're still, still we're fundraising, still, We're still fundraising. Yeah, it doesn't close very well. Um, I think the, the, the important thing at the end of this is Doddy would always have a laugh and it was always about jokes and pranking people and, you know, every night, you know, uh, Foxy and Mel Dean would be doing something that a child would do and but kept every spirits up, kept everybody excited by the next day. Um, and as I said at the start, the, the, the walking was, if somebody said to me now, do you want to go for an 80-mile bike ride or a 60-mile walk, I'd be jumping on that bike as quick as possible. 80 miles felt at the end of the week, not a lot. And then we got to a stage, people would go, that's not a hill. He just flew up these hills. It just become so exciting to be in the bike and just especially going through France because the, there's hardly any cars that... <laughs> It was chilly in the morning. You could smell the croissants. It was brilliant. Literally, you'd cycle into these little villages. The one, the one that I remember from Dieppe was about twenty-five miles yeah. in, and we, it was our first coffee stop of the morning at eight a.m. 
and we hadn't eaten either. And you could smell the bakery oh, as you went into the village. And it was just, I said it was like a film set. It was so it perfect. Was so it was like a film set. It was like something you'd see in those kind of World War II films. The buildings just looked so fantastically historic and gorgeous and little market square and all that and, and proper French and, men. And places you would never go. <laughs> No, you'd never, you'd never. No, no. I mean, if you drove through it, you wouldn't be stopping, you know. No. So because of we were having to stop quite a lot, every thirty, forty Just, miles. Obviously, everybody there, you know, w was doing it for the main reason, but also for their own reasons. It feels to yeah, me. Yeah, I think. You know? I, I think. Um, you know, I certainly. I mean, Jimmy Nesbitt said to him, "This is." He said, "This has been brilliant." He said, um, "This is something that I've just really grasped and really loved every minute of it." Koisty was exact same. Yeah, Koisty said to me the other day. You know, when we got his specialised bikes, he was like, oh, man, these, these, these are amazing. I'll tell you a funny story about Ali. He was struggling with the hills. He <laughs> said to me, I'm really struggling with the hills, big man. I said, well, what's wrong with it? I said, Why, what gear are you in? He went, what do you mean? I said, well, you've got eight gears, and then you've got another eight gears. He went, what other eight gears? So this is day four. So I take Koisty out in the morning of day five and show him there's another gear. So Another wheel, another, another wheel, cog. Another cog. So he then... Came back to me at the end of the day and went, oh my God, I can't believe I've been doing that for the last four days. So he'd been cycling six or seven, eight <laughs> gears and there's 16 gears altogether. And all his training all his without training, knowing. He didn't even know. He'd been doing it for months. So he once he realised another gear, he was flying up the hills. But he's, Koyce is 61, right? And we're all, he was probably one of the older, older ones. Men, yeah. Older and maybe 56, 58, maybe near that. The rest of all maybe early 45 50s. to 50, early 50s. So... Quite a competitive group of people too. There were some ex-rugby players, ex-sportsmen, business people have done very well, very competitive. So it become quite not a bit alpha, a bit alpha, but nobody really trying to go look at me, sort of thing. Probably apart from me and Jamie on the hill sometimes, because <laughs> we got a bit competitive. But in general, there was a real good feeling with people. And again, getting back to what you said earlier, you know, maybe um, you know, I wanted to do the challenge for for Doddy, but at the same time. I needed to set myself a challenge to do something for me, you know, just do something, say I'm going to do it. So I'd, I'd not not a purpose to go in the gym, but, you know, I've enjoyed the whole experience and it makes me want to do something again. I've really, and maybe I had lost that little bit of edge sometimes as you get a bit older, you think, oh, I can't do that anymore. And actually, as I said to a lot of the group, I said, you know, your body might struggle, but your mind won't. If you get your mind right, your body will follow you every day of the week. So when you're feeling down, just sort your mind out and, and be mm -hmm. focused and be positive. And if you're really struggling, come and speak to me and I'll genuinely help you as much as I can. But Koisty said, can I, can I have a word straight away? <laughs> <laughs> but, but honestly, it was we all helped each other. you know. And after the first day we got to uh, Morpeth Rugby Club, 110 miles, and I thought, oh, my God, that's 110. That was a hard day. We've got another... 600 to go so it was really quite that was a moment and then once we got to day three oh, you were half almost halfway mm. through it and then you could feel and then the girls the arrived the girls arrived <laughs> the tinsels arrived showtime so we started showing off and flying up the hills but i think you obviously you've lost well not obviously but you've lost weight I've uh, trimmed up, guys. You've trimmed, trimmed up. up. You've trimmed up, and you look a lot better, I think, in terms of just general health. You look like yeah. more. Um, you've got your sparkle, a bit of sparkle back. It feels like you've got a bit of your mojo back. Mm. You know, maybe. maybe so, what difference have you seen? Well, maybe since your prostate cancer, and not kind of like haven't done anything massively physical no, no. since then. And I think also that maybe did 
trigger in the back of my mind. I've had that. I want to do something just to feel that I can still do it. You know what I mean? Maybe mm -hmm. there's a bit of that in the back of my I mind. I think it was really important for you um, mentally, actually, to have a challenge like this and yeah. to, and also to spend time. You've always been very good at connecting with your male friends. You're very good at that, I think. You know, you always make take time out to go and see, you know, various groups of male friends. You mm. also like to, you know, call regularly and things. But I think this was good because it was a different group of men. And I think that often men don't share things, you know, and I think the cycling is a really good way of having conversations that you might not have well, had with some of those people. Uh, yeah, I think it's interesting. You play, you hear it when you play sport, you know, you win a rugby match and you, in 50 years time, you look across the room and you know you were there and you were part of that team, part of that success. And uh, it was a bit like that, you know, it was one thing that I think Koisty said that, you know, we'll finish this and we'll see each other. We might not see each other for 10 years, but we'll all know we've done that and we raised a lot of money for Doddy and, and we've, for M and D, and we've 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 done something together. We we might never do anything together again, but we've been part of something special. And I think that was quite also important for everybody. But it was a great experience, and you know, Fox is already trying to talk me into something else. What's he want you to do? Well, he wants me to row something like a thousand miles. Row. Yes, um, kayak. Count me out. <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, but I have got. I, I did enjoy that pushing yourself again, which I haven't probably done physically for a long long time well and um, it's good for people just but even if it's just like saying i'm going to walk a mile a day for a month or go on the bike and do 20 miles a week just if you just give yourself a little target or write it down and put it on the wall and go and maybe have a little group doing it together so you're yeah, accountable to each other yeah a group's good i i, I think um at the back of what's happened with the cycle i definitely will keep it up Mm. I'll definitely you and I talked about that, mm. you know, there's probably four or five people that we know or well, close to us who did it. We'd quite happily go and do thirty, forty miles on a Sunday or fifty miles on a Sunday and mm. not about an island where you would have went, Oh, we should just do twenty. Mm. You know what I mean? So Because I speak like that. Could you a wee bit, <laughs> a wee bit, a wee bit like that, you know. <laughs> no, now I would yeah, it's you know It's a confidence, isn't it? You yeah, get the confidence. Confidence, confidence on the bike and the other thing about the bikes is is the roads are bad and you do get called a wanker from the opposite <laughs> side, of the, side road. of the road, which is odd. And if they start saying Kenny you're a wanker, that'll be even worse. Stop wearing that shirt with Kenny on the yeah, back exactly. of it. Stop wearing your Kenny Logan Kenny Rugby Logan, World yeah. Cup challenge. The only sad part about the whole thing was that Scotland, at the end of the day, yeah. on the last day, we went to watch Scotland Island and Scotland lost. But then Ireland lost the week after anyway. Yeah, so. but still, I had to sit next to Jimmy Nesbitt, which was, I, I really loved Jimmy, but I hated him for that 80 minutes. Because he just he was just in my face and going, "Are you going to win the World Cup?" And I'm like, "Oh!" And actually, I did say to him that you might win the World Cup, but just win this game first. But he was twenty points up at the time. <laughs> that, was, I love that, him that was that was a bit of, that was a bit of a downer for, for the day. That downer. That for was the a day. downer. But it was a great day, and I just want to thank the support from all the sponsors and people that helped us behind the scenes, and you know, from every per every person that's donated any sort of money. Any size, it makes an impact on the foundation and, and find the cure. So thank you all so much. And the awareness as well, I think, is, is really important. If people yeah. have donated five quid, then they've gone on. They're just giving and hopefully yeah. they've read a little bit about it. So, uh, yeah, I'd echo that as well. Thank you very much. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're not keen on rowing the Atlantic. No, uh, I'm not going to do that. Cause... It's boring, that. <laughs> oh, you're going to see the odd dolphin. <laughs> And an old cargo container fell off a ship. What about cycling around the world? 
How long will that take me? I don't know. I can make it last a few years. <laughs> <laughs> if I give you the wrong directions. Remember, you can't come on that one. No, I'm not coming no. on that one. I think I might. Uh, I might. Foxy said he wants to do something. Um, so I might do some of him. But I don't know if it'd be challenging enough for Foxy, you know what I mean? Yeah. We'll see. I think we'll maybe do something uh, a couple of years' time. Well, I, I know that everybody was very grateful for your leadership on it and I was very proud of you. You were amazing and thank you. fantastic in terms of your physical kind of prowess and what you put out there, but also emotionally what you gave to people as well. So but you, you get that from all, you know, I think that's something that they give you. They give you that. I didn't feel I had to dig deep for them. They were brilliant. The, the, you know, the, all the people that took part were, were different class. I couldn't pinpoint the person that changed that they all changed that they all made an impact although the we week. should mention the spirit of doddy award was given to tom johnson tom johnson former, who was former england rugby player yeah was, he was brilliant he just he was in one of the groups that sometimes needed a bit of a g up and he was constantly there for everybody tom was brilliant and i think the positivity of everybody in that whole challenge was remarkable and if we all had outlooks in life like they all did that week it would be all right would be all right well done kenny thank you up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.